Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. Welcome back to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. If you've been listening, we just concluded our series on Medicaid planning. And oftentimes people are confusing Medicaid with Medicare. And hopefully these episodes will help take care of any confusion and also help educate you to be better prepared. To help us today, we have Catherine Stahl-Glenning, a Medicare specialist. And a quick background on Catherine is And I can tell you this from experience, she loves helping her clients and is excited to work with people in the Medicare and healthcare arena. She's received her Medicare certification and New York State healthcare license to assist her clients navigate the complex Medicare rules, and they are complex, and we'll go over some of those. She works diligently to ensure her clients have the best medical coverage based on their needs. She received her Bachelor of Arts degree from St. Lawrence University with a double major in economics and history. After working on Wall Street for several years, she moved to the Czech Republic with her husband, Steve, and helped with the privatization after the fall of communism. She moved back to Rochester and worked for an investment management firm in client servicing and portfolio administration for 10 years. Uh, Catherine, I could talk to you about Wall Street and the Czech Republic for the next 30 minutes, but (laughs) I, I think we'll dive into our topic today, which is Medicare. So thank you for being with us. And I just want to start with an easy one. And if you could, just what is Medicare in general? Medicare is not Medicaid, which <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully all your clients know because they've just listened to the last three, the last three series uh, that you did, the last three episodes, sorry. Yep. Yep. So Medicare is a federally funded program that we've all paid into, that FICA tax that comes out of our, our paycheck for our whole working career partly funds the Medicare. So it is for people who are 65 or older or who have been disabled for 24 months. If you're on disability after 24 months, then you're eligible to sign up for Medicare also. So Medicare is the program, a health insurance program um, to cover your health insurance after you're retired or turning 65. Okay. Yeah. I want to get into that too, is what if you're not retired, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but To take a step back, what got you into helping people plan for Medicare benefits in the first place? After your background of working on Wall Street, the Czech Republic, economics and history, how did you get into Medicare? So it's not something I ever thought I would be I would be doing, but um, I worked for in client servicing most of my career and took some time off to raise my children and was looking to get to get back into the workforce. And I was approached by. Um, Uh, Rock Insurance, and they uh, knew me and thought I would be great in this job and great helping people. And, um, you know, I got all my licenses and certifications, and I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed helping people and helping people choose the right plan for them and educating them through, as you know, it's a tricky, tricky topic. And yeah, sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think going back to our last podcast, Ken, the attorney that we had on, said immediately, I got into this as a backup plan. And I think that's how many people, especially in my world, financial planning, when I started, at least there wasn't, you didn't go to college to become a financial planner then it's available now, but 
it's almost always a backup plan or people fall into different careers, right? So good for you. And obviously it's a growing business. So I think it's something, the stats are 10,000 people per day. That's exactly right. Are turning, are 65, turning 65, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So um, I think there's 70 million people in Medicare right now or approaching 70 million. Yeah. So and it, out <laughs> of our population. Yeah. And we won't get into the finances of it. Like, I, and you mentioned this, and I've done different podcasts on this, how much comes out of your paycheck that goes toward Medicare and how are we keeping that funded and so forth. Maybe we can do that on a different one, but we did mention 65 years old is or 24 months of disability are kind of the magic numbers, but there are some other milestones that people should be aware of. And I know what we do in our firm, and I'll explain that in a second, but in your opinion, when should someone start to think about Medicare planning? Well, there's a couple different scenarios. If you are still working and you're 65 and your employer group is more than 20 people, it is your choice if you wanna stay on Medicare. I mean, if you wanna, I'm sorry, stay on your group plan or go on Medicare. And sometimes staying on the group plan makes more sense because it's a great insurance package. Your employer is generous. Sometimes it makes more sense to go on Medicare. So that's usually our, the first conversation. We'll talk about what's your current situation. Are you still working? How many more years do you anticipate? What's your current group plan like? How much are you paying? Is it a high deductible plan? Um, are you paying a lot for that? And do you go to the doctor a lot? Is it working for you? because maybe it's better to stay on that. Maybe it's better to go on Medicare. If there's fewer than 20 employees, Medicare does become primary. So you do have to go on Medicare if you're still working and you're, uh, and you're turning 65, which has gotten people stuck in the past. That's a, a, a rule that some people don't know. And I, we've had people come to our office and say, oh, well, I work for a small law firm and you know, now I'm 68. And there's only six people in our office. You know what? You're going to pay a penalty for those three years from the time you turn 65 till you're going on Medicare at 68. So you have to be very careful. So yeah. it's always worth a conversation with us, even if you're 65, to determine what's the best situation and what are my options. So if someone is turning 65, we, we do this and I'll put in their, we'll call it their 64 year and three quarter birthday, right? So three, <laughs> three months before they turn 65, I know is when somebody can begin the process, right? Yes. So your initial enrollment period is a seven month window, three months before your birthday month, your birthday month and three months after. So if you're going on Medicare, that is the time period you can sign up three months before your earliest. And you do want to sign up in advance because if you sign up your birthday month or the three months after, there's not a financial penalty, but there's a time penalty. So it just makes it a little bit trickier to, to get that in place by a certain, a certain date. Yeah. It, and it's interesting. The many, in many of our podcasts, we talk about just being proactive and taking care of many different things. But once again, if we don't take care of our Medicare, there are penalties with, it could be financial, or it could be time, right? So we want to make sure we're proactive about it. So you mentioned the enrollment periods as far as someone's birthday. So yeah. if somebody's birthday is April 1st, their enrollment period initially may be different than the enrollment periods the following years. So when are, when are the other typical enrollment periods? So just to bring up a point, you happen to mention April 1st. Okay. If your birthday is not the first, your start date is always the first of that month. So 
if your birthday is April 2nd or April 29th, your Medicare start date is always gonna be April 1st. If your birthday is April 1st, you get the month before. So your start date becomes March 1st. Wow, so that's, that's always, I talked to a client this morning and he's paying a lot right now. He's self-employed, so he can't wait to go on Medicare. His birthday's yeah. in the fall and his birthday happens to be November 1st. I'm like, well, great. You just got yourself another month. You're going to save that high premium. He's paying almost $700 a month, he said. Mm -hmm. So that gives him that extra month now, the month of October, that he can go on Medicare. So he was thrilled. Interesting. So my birthday is October 1st. So if any listeners oh. want to send me a gift, and now you know. And now, <laughs> many years from now, when I'm eligible for Medicare, I will remember this, Kevin. Thank yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Of course, the rules could be all different then. but <laughs> and, and they will be, right? So <laughs> Right, right, right. So that's, you know, just something to know if, you know, that, because that's an extra month when you're in your planning, your, that planning stage of that three months in advance. Okay. Yeah, that, that's great to know. So the other enrollment periods, if you're not on the first, just on a year by year basis, when can somebody make changes to their plan and how often can they make changes? And can you run through that? Yep. yep. So if you do not enroll during your initial enrollment period, because you're still working, you're happy with your group plan, that's fine. Then you have, then when you do retire, say it's 67, 68, then you have what's called a special enrollment period or SEP for short. So because you're coming off a group plan that allows you to enroll in Medicare. And there are some other scenarios that give you that, that SEP, that special enrollment. Um, if you move, for instance, you know, you move out of, you move to Florida, move to Arizona, that gives you the ability to switch plans. The then in the fall is the annual enrollment period. And that is October 15th to December 7th of every year. Those dates are set in stone. So that is the time period when you can make a, a plan change for the following calendar year. If you're happy with your plan that you're in and you don't want to make a change, then you don't have to do anything. You're automatically re-enrolled in your, the new plan. The same plan will start again October or January 1. But okay. if you do want to make a change, that is your opportunity, October 15th to December 7th. Okay. There are a couple of ways you can change during the year. I don't know how much you want me to get into, but there's something called Epic. Epic is a New York State pharmaceutical program to help, help clients with expensive medications. And there's two different parts of it. One is if your income is you know in a certain range, there's no charge, but there's a deductible you have to meet first, a drug deductible. And um, after that, your drugs become very inexpensive. So for people who are on expensive medications, it's a great, a great savings. For instance, if you're married and filing joint, if your income is between 25 and 100,000, there's no charge for Epic, but there is this deductible you have to meet first. If your income is below 25,000, then you pay to be a member of Epic, but you don't have to meet a deductible. Okay. Anyway, so if you do have Epic, that gives you the ability to switch plans once during the calendar year. That's okay. another SEP. Okay. So that's a nice, you know, kind of scapegoat if somebody needs that to switch plans. Yeah. So, so there are ways. If there are ways. It's, it's yes. possible. It's um, possible. Not necessarily for everybody. If you're not eligible for Epic, Epic because your income is too high, then, and you're not moving, then, you know, so it's not, you can't always move, but for some people <laughs> it, it gives them the ability. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of things just about costs and income. And you mentioned the gentleman that's self-employed that it's, his premiums are $700 a month for his health care, which 
sadly is actually kind of low right now if you're doing your individual healthcare plans. But so I do have a number of people that same situation, they cannot wait to get on Medicare because of the cost. So I wanted to ask you, just to hear it from you, what is the typical, and I know, believe me, I know this is all over the place and there's no straightforward answer, typical on average cost for a gentleman like that, an individual? Okay, so first you sign up for Medicare Part A and Part B, and I could get into that. Um, yeah, go, please, yeah. Now? let's do okay. the cost first. We'll do the cost first and then we'll get into <laughs> okay, one of the different first. parts. Okay, <laughs> so if you've worked 10 years or 40 quarters or you're claiming off of a spouse, which most people are, then there's no charge for Part A. So a lot of people, if they're turning 65, they'll sign up for Part A, even if they're not going on Medicare, um, just to have that in place. So Part B is the one that you pay for. And for 2021, the Part B premiums are $148.50 per month. So if you're collecting Social Security, it comes right out of your Social Security. If you're not collecting Social Security, they will bill you in advance. Medicare or Social Security okay. manages Medicare. So that's a sunk cost. You have to pay that $148.50. Okay. And if your income is higher, then you're subject to what's called IRMA. I -R -M. Our friend Irma, we're very aware of our friend Irma. Yeah. Our friend Irma, <laughs> yes, yes. So that, that more you make, the higher your Irma will be. Mm -hmm. um, and Irma, you can appeal it too. So, you know, say that, and they do a, they do a two year look back. So now we're in 2021, they're gonna look back to your income in 2019. So say you were working in 2019 and, um, you know, brought in a nice, a nice income. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not anymore. You can appeal that. It's a process to appeal it with social security and they might bring the adjust your income back down. It's a hundred. If you're married filing joint and your income's under 176,000, then it's mm -hmm. the, the 148.50. above that it, it goes up. Yeah. And it jumps up significantly. We talk yeah. about a lot, a lot with just financial planning in general, because we'll meet with people that an easy example is they'll have a large pre-tax balance in 401ks, IRAs, 403bs. They might get a pension, social security, and this income counts toward that IRMA. And we're trying to reduce costs in retirement. But many times, if, and if you go over by $1, yep. you're over. So $176,001, you now owe much more than the 148. And if you're married, that's per person, per month. So, and we're careful if we, if sometimes, by the way, we'll actually intentionally have people like max out an IRMA tax bracket, if that makes sense. So if they want to do like a conversion from those pre-tax accounts into a Roth, we'll try to do it, if it makes sense, all in one year to max out a tax bracket so that then a couple of years from now, again, they can go appeal and save some money on their Medicare and then right, they only right. have to pay that once. Right. So right. Um, good planning, good strategy. Yeah, there, there's a lot of planning with, with mm -hmm. Medicare, but first we need to understand what Medicare is, right? right? So <laughs> if you could actually, with that said, there, I could never hear this enough, and I know what it is, but unless you're in our industry, you're not, people aren't typically aware of this, but what is Medicare? Let's just start with part A and then we'll do part B and then however far you want to go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just cut me off if I'm yeah, yeah. talking too much. So part A is hospitalization coverage. And that's, again, that's the one that as long as you've worked 10 years or 40 quarters, or you're claiming off of a spouse, there's no charge for it. Part B covers um, everything else, doctor's appointments, x-rays, you know, that sort of thing. Part A and B together is original Medicare. 
managed by the government, obviously, original Medicare Part A and B. There is a lot of holes, a lot of gaps, a lot of exposure, no drug coverage in original Medicare. So then there's Parts C and D, which are managed by private insurance companies like Excellus or MVP or United Healthcare, Aetna. Part D are standalone drug plans. And Part C are like a bundled, think of A, B, and D bundled together. So your hospital, your medical, and your drug component built into one. And that's what about 85% of our clients are on some sort of Part C or Advantage plan. And think of those as like pay as you go, probably similar to your group plan. I mean, again, you have to pay that Part B premium. You're always paying that. Then you sign up for a Part C plan and that fills in the holes, fills in the gaps of original Medicare. Part C, most Part C plans have drug components built in. So, you know, you have all that coverage and they can offer things above and beyond original Medicare. All the Part C plans have to follow Medicare guidelines. So they all have the same you know, cancer screening, preventative, that sort of thing. Um, the max amount of pocket they can't go above. Um, like women get mammograms every year, you know, colonoscopies every 10 years, that sort of things. All the plans are the same with that, but they can offer above and beyond like um, a free health club or dental or vision coverage. So they're trying to, um, you know, entice you to sign up for their plan. So they're offering all these kind of above and beyond these extra, yep. say, call them incentives. So these plans are actually getting stronger every year. It's a, it's a pretty competitive market. You know, about 10 years or so ago, there, weren't, there wasn't a lot of competition in town. And as more companies have come into the Rochester area, because Medicare plans are all county specific, zip code or county specific, so a plan that might be an active plan in Monroe County might not be in Ontario or Wayne. So that's something important to look at. So, um, you know, the plan, so like I said, there's, you know, much more competition and these plans are getting stronger every year. So some of these plans have zero monthly premium. You're not paying anything more than you would for that A and B, you know, that part B premium of 148.50. Some plans are $16 a month or $25 a month. You're gonna pay a little bit more and you're gonna get a little bit more benefits. Some plans are better if you travel or have, you know, spend a lot of time out of the area. You know, that's, that's the sort of thing that we'll look at to help determine. Some plans treat medications very differently. Medications are categorized by tiers, tiers one through five. Most tier ones are you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, kind of those very inexpensive drugs that are free with a lot of the plans. Tiers three, four, and five can get kind of pricey. And there's usually a, a deductible you have to meet first for that tier three, four, or five drug. So that's something you always want to look at is you want to, just because your neighbor says, oh, this is a good plan. Well, maybe it is for her, but maybe your doctor doesn't work with that plan or your drugs are much more expensive with that plan. So we always want to run drugs and make sure that, um, you know, we're looking at the best plans because a drug that could be a tier two in one plan could be a tier four in another plan, which would have a huge financial impact, a huge difference. Um, I kind of got off tangent, but. No, it's great. So I was actually going to say, and, and I love it, the, you're exactly right. And I run into this all the time. My neighbors said to do this. My friends said yep. to do this. And it's the same with any financial plan. It is. <laughs> almost always 
not the best thing for you to do when you hear somebody say that because yep. it's individualized. Yep. It's what you need. It's not what they tell you to do. So my advice, unsolicited advice is to find somebody that knows what they're doing and have them walk you through this process. But I wanted to take it one quick step back because you mentioned some things that if I were a listener, I would not know what this is. And okay. you mentioned just advantage plan or a med sup plan. What are those things? And you, you, you actually kind of already explained some of it, but when they hear those words, it's to us, it might be, well, it's not jargon to us because we understand it, but for a listener, they, they don't know if they're not, if they haven't gone through this, what is an advantage plan? What's the med sup plan? What, and what's the difference between those? Okay. Okay. Good question. So an advantage plan or part C, that's what I was describing earlier. So think of those as similar to your group plan. You're going to pay um, a monthly premium. I mean, $16, $25, like I said, some are free. And then you pay, some have no charge. And then you pay for each service you have. It might be, you know, $50 or $30 to see a specialist. It might be, you know, $10 to have blood work, that sort of thing. So you're paying for each service. Okay. And that company is taking over the management of your healthcare. So remember, if you're on original Medicare, you're managed by the government. When you move to a Part C or an Advantage plan, they are now taking over the management of your healthcare. So again, like Excellus or MVP or United Healthcare or Aetna, they are now managing, you get a card from that company, you show that card when you go to the doctor, they don't wanna see your Medicare card. Everything runs through this carrier, the carrier, and you get a um, statement of, you know, explanation of benefits similar to your group plan now. Okay, so that's what most of our clients are on, this Advantage or Part C plan. Yeah. A Medicare supplement plan or a Medigap plan works a little bit differently. Those plans work in conjunction with Original Medicare. So Original Medicare pays what they're supposed to. And then the Gap plans can pay the rest, depending on which Gap plan you have. And the Gap plans are lettered. So if you've ever heard Plan G or Plan F or Plan N, those are all Gap plans. And, um, you know, some are obviously more and they would cover more. So some of the gap plans cover everything that original Medicare doesn't cover. So they're filling in that gap, so to speak. So first Medicare again pays what they're supposed to, then it goes to the gap plan. So for people who have more serious health concerns, those gap plans, you know, maybe you're paying $200 a month, but those gap plans cover a whole lot more. Someone who maybe is getting dialysis three times a week, maybe they have expensive infusions that they get quarterly or monthly, maybe they've just been diagnosed with cancer and they're seeing a whole lot of treatments in their, you know, surgeries and scans and chemo and radiation. So then a gap plan, even though you're paying more per month, would make a lot more sense. Gap plans do not have drug coverage built in. So then you have to add on a standalone part D a prescription drug plan or PDP they're called. So anytime you have a gap plan, you have to pay extra and add on a, a drug plan. So two different types of plans, you know, like I said, about 85% of our clients are in that advantage plan. And in New York state, you can move to a gap plan if you need to. I mean, you can't always move during the year as we talked about earlier. You can, if you have Epic or if you move, but you can always during that annual enrollment period in the fall. Some states, it's a conditional acceptance. Okay. So you can't necessarily diagnose with cancer. Well, they might not want you or they might not take you, but that's not the case in New York state. 
Okay. Yeah, I was thinking of like loopholes. If something horrible happened and you just rent an apartment in Pennsylvania or something, could you get away with that? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, then you hope you have Epic so you could switch. Epic would give you that ability to switch plans once from an Advantage plan to a Medigap plan. And I probably, you know, once a month, I probably move somebody who's been diagnosed with something or, you know, had some medical concern that it makes more sense to move into a gap plan. Interesting. There's so much. So I wanted to ask you, if I were listening to this about, you, you know, this eight minutes in, it's like, holy cow, there's, this is more than I thought. It's complicated. How does somebody that specializes in this, like you, when you're meeting with a client or a prospective person that's going through this process, what does your process look like for meeting somebody new and how do you make it easy for them to understand? We try to make it, we try to make it easy. We cover a lot of material in a meeting. So, you know, sometimes I'll have to break it into two meetings. You know, I can kind of, you know, see how it's going. And this is our, our quieter time right now in the fall during that annual enrollment period. Obviously it's, we're much busier, but um, you know, this time of year, we have the luxury to be able to have a couple of meetings and cover, you know, different topics at the different meetings. Uh, which is helpful, I think. But um, what we do is the first thing when a, a client calls in or prospective client calls in, they're referred by somebody, we'll send them some paperwork. We'll send an email with um, two links. One of those links is a client profile. And aside from name, address, you know, we're looking for your doctors and your medications because we want to get those back and we want to run them through the different plans and see which plan makes more sense before our meeting. So we have that, that research done beforehand. The other, the other piece is just simply an authorization that we need that Medicare states we have to have for everybody. Um, so that's the first thing is after we set up an appointment, have our conversation, we'll send an email with these two links and then we'll get the, the drugs back. The doctors will you know, check the doctors to make sure they work with the various plans we're looking at. And then we'll set up a meeting. And since COVID, we have been doing Zoom where our office is open again now for people who are vaccinated. So that's been nice, but some people still prefer to do zoom now that that's kind of our world. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, you know, it'll be zoom or in person or just over the phone, which can be a little tricky because, you know, it's a, can be a long conversation and a lot of explaining. So in-persons are nice. Oh yeah. I miss a lot of the in-person stuff already. The, uh, yeah. So I have two questions that I would this may seem out of left field, but this is what I would tell anybody to ask a financial advisor. And you mentioned two things. So first of all, and I think you're going to like this one, how much extra does it cost somebody to do this process with you versus just doing it themselves? Uh, We don't charge anything to see, to meet with clients and help them choose a plan. So if you choose to enroll in a plan, we get a commission from that plan. It's a very regulated business. So, um, you know, we're not pushing one plan over the other. It doesn't matter to us which plan we're in. We're, we, we represent all the plans that are available in this area. Um, again, we don't get, you know, no, ad, no, no, ad, it's not advantageous yeah. for us one over the other. So we don't charge people to come in and we're just looking at what's best for you and what's going to work best for your particular situation. Yeah. And I, by the way, I knew the answer to that because <laughs> that's what it's like. And I'll have clients that are 64 years and nine months. Right. And they'll say, well, how much does it cost to go see someone? And I'll say, well, it doesn't cost anything. And it's hard to believe, <laughs> but, but the plan is paying somebody, whether it's Catherine or another, they're paying somebody no matter what. And it, it changes what you pay by nothing. 
Correct. So, um, and then actually you already answered the second question, which is, and I love this for financial planning too, is do you have any incentives to recommend one thing over the other? And you already said no. So, nope. so nope. there's no incentive. There is no cost, whether you do it yourself or have somebody that does this professionally to help. So there's really no reason for somebody not to seek out a Medicare specialist. Um, exactly. Exactly. With that said, and we'll wrap it up here with it. This might be the last question. What are some common mistakes that you see or mistakes that you see that you could have helped avoid now that we know, by the way, that it costs nothing more to meet with you? <laughs> right, right. Well, I think the big one is, you know, penalties. You want to avoid those penalties because those penalties are there for life. You can't, you know, once you like, like my example earlier, you know, someone is 68, they're now retiring. They worked for a small law firm, six employees. Well, they have to now pay three years of penalties on their added to their Part B premium for the rest of their life. And there also is a, um, a Part D penalty, D as in drug. Like if you were on a med stop, but you didn't sign up for a drug plan or you were on an advantage plan. And there's, there are some advantage plans that don't have drug component built in, but um, not so many anymore. And we don't see that as much anymore, but I did just help a 95-year-old and he did not have drug coverage because when he turned 65, he was healthy and not taking any medications and didn't think he, he needed drug coverage. So here he is 30 years later, he now needs some drugs that are pretty expensive. So to, for him to now switch plans to a, an MAPD, a Medicare Advantage with prescription drug, MAPD, he's gonna pay 30 years of the Part D penalty, which is a lot less because that's only 1% of exactly. the average, which is about $32, I think, right now. Yeah. So 1% per month for the 30 months, I mean, the 30 years. Yeah. Wow. I mean, th those are huge mistakes, by the way. And I I'll say yeah. with the 95 year old specifically, that goes back to the power of uh, making sure you review and consistently stay up to date on these things, right? Right, so. right. There's one other thing that's that's important is that if you are um, you cannot contribute to an HSA if you're on either part A or part B or both. So that has, um, you know, stuck people a little bit too. So you have to stop contributing to your HSA six months before. Again, if you're retiring at 68, you're contributing money to an HSA, stop six months before you plan to go on Medicare. That's another rule. A lot of people don't know. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm really happy you said that because I have recently had it happen where, we, had, we were working with somebody who was considering retiring two years from now. They decided they didn't want to wait two years. They wanted to retire at the end of a couple of months ago, but they were contributing to an HSA. So they planned on retiring in two years, but they there's no way they were going to make the six months because they didn't know they were going to suddenly retire. So what do you know what happens with the HSA or Medicare? Well, I have heard that they've actually been lenient during COVID because a lot of people unexpectedly lost yeah. their jobs, were planning to work for another couple of years. So, you know, they might be okay. They maybe just have to pay back the money, you know, pull it out of their HSA and, and take it as, as income and then pay taxes on it. But I haven't heard, you know, I've just heard, read a couple of things that said that they've been lenient. So the government- And they have, they have, by the way. It's, so in a normal situation, they just make you cash out the HSA and- um, right, right. And sometimes payroll companies can just, you know, pay you that back, you know, pay money back to you before you leave. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, that, that was a lot of material. I think people might have to listen to this 
two or three times if they can take it, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a tremendous amount of financial advisor listeners out there, actually, as well as folks who need help with Medicare planning. And if you've been listening to this, I think you can clearly understand why you may need some help with this. Again, it doesn't cost anything. Seek out a professional. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, Catherine, how can the listeners do that? So uh, the name of my company is Rock Insurance Services, and we have five advisors in our office. Um, and our number, we're local. We are on Witten Road, the corner of Witten and French, and our office number is 585-413-0483. So please give our office a call and yeah. um, you know get on my calendar or ask to talk to me, and we'll sort it out, get your yeah. questions answered. And also, if anybody wants to get a hold of Catherine through through me, uh, my email is dpulsini at 6.fb.com. You can find us on LinkedIn or visit our website, and I can put you in direct contact with Catherine. So thank you again, Catherine. We appreciate it. I know you're busy. We got to get back to, back to work now. So again, thank you for your expertise, and we'll catch up soon, okay? Okay. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.